In 2 Corinthians 5.10, Paul wrote, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, whether it be good or bad. Paul is writing to believers who presumably have been forgiven of their sins. If that's the case, what exactly is going on at the judgment seat of Christ? Keep listening to find out. Welcome to Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, a podcast dedicated to helping modern-day believers live out the teachings of the first century church. This podcast is part of the teaching ministry of Dr. David K. Bernard. Dr. Bernard has dedicated his life to studying the Bible and helping believers apply its message to their daily lives. In Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, Dr. Bernard answers your questions about what the Bible teaches and how those teachings apply to everyday life. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Dr. David K. Bernard. As General Superintendent of the United Pentecostal Church International, I want to invite you to join me September 19 through 22nd in Indianapolis, Indiana for our annual General Conference. General Conference is an opportunity to experience firsthand what God is doing across North America and around the world through the ministry of the United Pentecostal Church International. Last year's General Conference in Orlando, Florida was one of the best in recent memory. We're expecting God to do great things again at this year's General Conference. You can visit upcigc.com and subscribe to email updates to learn more about what's happening at this year's General Conference. I look forward to seeing you later this year in Indianapolis. God bless. In 2 Corinthians 5.10, Paul wrote, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Now he's writing to believers who we would presume already have had their sins forgiven when they repented and were baptized in the name of Jesus. If that's the case, then what exactly is happening here at what Paul calls the judgment seat of Christ? Can you explain? Yes. Well, let's talk a little bit more about judgment. First of all, we have many passages of scripture that tell us we're saved by grace through faith, not of works. Ephesians chapter two, verse eight through nine. So we must be very clear when it comes to salvation, we're saved through Jesus Christ, through his death, burial, and resurrection, which as we know, In the new covenant, we apply to our own lives through repentance, water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. And and so that is all that comes by the grace of God. That's not our works that save us. That's the new birth experience that I just mentioned. That's the application of God's grace to our lives. That's the expression of our faith in God. And it's God who does the work. So we must be very clear that in the last judgment, uh, if you're saved, you're saved by the grace of God. However, there are many other passages of scriptures that says everyone will be judged according to their works. Now, for those who, who are not saved, their works will include sins and their works will condemn them. But what about people who are saved? Even though we're saved by grace, We're saved so that we can live a holy life and produce good works. So the same passage, Ephesians 8 through 9, that says you're saved by grace through faith, not of works. Verse 10 goes on to say, we're created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So God definitely expects us to produce good works. And there are also passages of Scripture that we'll be rewarded according to our works. 
Now, that doesn't mean anybody's saved without the gospel or without the new birth or saved by our works, but that means that for the saved people, God will take their good works into account. Now, how he will do this, I'm not really sure. I think perhaps in the millennial kingdom where Jesus Christ rules and reigns on earth for a thousand years with his saints, it's very likely that people, uh, the saved, will be rewarded according to their works by positions of honor or influence or you know what happens in the millennial kingdom. Uh, I don't beyond that. I don't know in eternity uh, how God will bless us. I think all the saved will enjoy the rich blessings of God, but there are going to be some rewards. And so, in that regard, I'd like to look at First Corinthians chapter three because it explains it in greater detail. First Corinthians chapter three verse eleven. I'm reading the New King James. It says, "For no other foundation can anyone lay." than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So I think that's talking about your salvation. So he's making it clear when it comes to salvation, it's only through Jesus Christ. But then he explains that our life is like a building on that foundation. So like when you come to God, you're saved, you're born again, that's your foundation. But your Christian life after that, it's like a building being built on the foundation. So he explains. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet so as through fire. So like Second Corinthians, which you've already referenced, First Corinthians is also written to the church. So this last statement, he'll be saved. It's not talking about a sinner can suddenly slip into salvation based on his good works. Um, that's not what it's talking about. It's to the church and it opens and closes with this understanding you're talking to saved people. So given the fact you're saved through Jesus Christ, what about your life? So you can liken your works to gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble. Now, we're not talking about sins because that would condemn you, uh, but we're talking about works. So let's say um, I work on a job, I earn some money, I, I buy a car, um, I buy uh, some recreational equipment. Now, in eternity, that's not going to mean anything. Now, it's not sinful to buy recreational commit, uh, equipment. It's not a sin, say, uh, to go play golf or racquetball, in my case, or hunting or fishing. Those aren't evil. Those won't condemn me to hell. Those aren't sinful. But those don't really advance the kingdom of God in any meaningful way. So in eternity, do I, ex get it, do I expect to be rewarded because I played racquetball? No, I don't. Now, I guess there's some connection of if I'm taking care of my body and being a good steward and, and so forth, but uh, getting proper rest and recreation is, is an important concept. But do I really expect that in eternity or in the millennial kingdom, I'll get a reward because I played racquetball? No. As far as the kingdom of God is concerned, it's not sin, but it's wood, hay, or stubble. Uh, but if I taught a Bible study and won a soul, uh, or if I spent time with my child and they grew up and they're saved, uh, that's going to be an, of eternal value. So I'll receive a, an eternal reward. Now, I, the reward might simply be their presence would be reward enough. But the point is, there's some things I do in this life that while they're not bad, they're not wrong, they could be good. 
they really don't have an eternal value and I'm not going to be rewarded for them. But there are other things I do in this life that will actually have eternal value. That actually will change people's eternal destiny. My destiny, my family's destiny, or people that I come in contact with. So those works will last for eternity. So I think what the Apostle Paul is saying, if you take all the things of your life and it's like a house, so the things that you just did for yourself or you did for your this life only, that's going to be like building a house of wood. It's not bad. It serves a purpose. But if a fire comes, it gets burned up, it's lost, there's, there's no eternal value. After the fire's over, there's nothing left. But other things you did for the kingdom of God, your prayer, your teaching Bible study, your study of God's word, ministry in whatever way, serving the church, serving, uh, advancing the kingdom of God, serving other people, helping them be saved or discipled or encouraged. Well, those things are going to last. So even if you imagine this life is like a fire. And when this life is over, you know, everything is burned up. Well, those works will be like gold, silver, precious stones. They will survive the fire and they will last into the next life. And so it's an admonition, uh, not that you can't do wood, hay, and stubble, but get your priorities right. If you really want something of eternal value, make sure you invest and things in this life that will make a difference, like gold, silver, and precious stones as the analogy. So it's make, make sure you get your priorities right. Make sure you spend plenty of time on things that will make a difference for eternity. And the promise is, if you do that, you will definitely receive a reward. Jesus even said, if you just gave a cup of cold water in my name, uh, then you would, you would not lose your reward. So if you received a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. So even though you may not have a prominent public ministry that everybody lauds, if you're supporting the kingdom of God in unknown ways, yet uh, in eternity, in the life to come, you will receive a reward. So it's, a, it's an encouragement to believers uh, that God will reward us. Of course, you know, even the works that we do, it's because of the Lord enabling us. So I think at the end of the day, we will be rewarded. We will be honored. We will be blessed, but we'll give all the glory to God because ultimately he's the one and he alone who is worthy. Thank you for listening to this episode of Apostolic Life in the 21st Century. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a moment to give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. We also appreciate it when you share apostolic life in the 21st century with a friend or family member. And make plans to join us again next time as we look at how the Bible applies to everyday life.